We don't use the word Savior too often these days, but every once in a while you see it in that biblical sense of the term in the newspaper. Here's somebody whose plane has gone down in the Atlantic or the Pacific or someplace, and he's bailed out. And the Coast Guard goes out and they look for him and they look for two or three or four days and finally somebody spots him down there in a raft tossed among the waves and they rescue him. And the newspaper says, Pilot saved! Pilot saved! And that's exactly the way the word saved is used in the Bible. It means rescued! from a perilous situation. And every person is born in a perilous situation with the awful dark clouds of God's wrath hanging over him from the very moment of birth and even before birth so that at any moment in God's providence when those clouds might open and rain down fire and brimstone upon him, they might come. But the moment he trusts Jesus, the Savior, as the one who shed his blood for him, he is snatched from beneath that cloud of wrath and the sunshine of God's love shines upon him. And for the rest of his days he basks in the love of God. Saved by a Savior, only a Savior could rescue you. Jesus is not just a name. It's a name that tells us that he came to save his people from their sins, the consequences of sins, the penalty of sin, and also from the sins and their consequences that they have in this life. Some of you, before you were saved, were down in the very darkest pit. You were wallowing in muck and sin of the worst sort. You were destroying your body and destroying people and families and everybody around you. You were hurting your parents and hurting your husbands and wives. You were a mess, nothing but a mess. But when Jesus came into your life and he saved you, he cleaned you up and he pulled you out of the pit and he stood you on a rock and took you out of the miry clay and the muck and all the rest of it and washed you and cleansed you and put that stuff behind you. All the adultery and the fornication that was there in your life, all of the rotten, filthy things that you've done and said, all of the awful, nasty hurts, that you had given to other people, all of that he washed and forgave and cleansed you from. Right here in this life, he is also a savior from the power and devastating effects of sin in your life. The communist laugh at Christianity and say, pie in the sky by and by when you die. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with pie in the sky by and by when you die in my book. But do you know, not only do we have pie in the sky by and by when we die, we can start slicing right now. 
Yes, sir. You can get a taste of that pie now. A new life here. A new life now. And so, Jesus is a Savior. But Jesus is the Christ. That you may believe that Jesus, this Savior, the one who came to save his people from their sins, did it by fulfilling all of the promises of God about himself. You see, he is the Christ, the Messiah. The word Messiah is the Hebrew word. The word Christ, Christos, is the Greek word, Mashiach and Christos. And both of them mean exactly the same thing. Hebrew and Greek, if you bring them into English, they both translate it translate into the anointed one. The one who is anointed. Prophets, priests, kings were anointed. They would take a horn full of oil and pour it on the head of the prophet or the king as he became a king. This was a way of designating him as king, of appointing him, of setting him aside publicly for that office, for that work, to the task to which he was called. You know, Jesus quoted in his first sermon found in Luke 4, he quoted Isaiah 61, in which we read these words. The Lord's Spirit is on me because he anointed me to announce the good news to the poor. Jesus came to announce good news to those who were in poverty of soul and heart. And he was appointed to that task. And the way that he was appointed publicly was by the pouring of the Spirit of God upon him. And so, we have Jesus then as the Christ, as the anointed one of God. 